to sing of your Redeemer this morning. Let's stand together, all creatures of our God and King. Let's join our voices together and sing to him. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. All creatures of our God and King.
Daddy, show us vision. What does he want for our lives? Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night.
church how great how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our Pray with me. Father, thank you for allow, allowing us to be here today so that we may worship you and give you praise. Father, look over those individuals who are not able to be here today because of illness, either in the hospital or at home. Father, be with Brother Stewart as he brings the message today. Also, uh, at this time, as we bring the offering, I ask that you bless the offering as well as those of the givers. And Father, use us as well as the offering to help bring other people to the Christian family. In Jesus' name, amen. bow my head to pray I don't know what to say I'm not sure how to fix the things I'm dealing with I'm in a desperate place I need to share the weight but I just don't know how to let it all pour out though I'm silent my heart is crying Cause I was made to Come to you So I pray God I need you more than words can say Right here in this moment You know my heart, you know my need You know every part of me just to speak your name I'm gonna pray I failed to find the time but you've been calling out I let the days go by as if I could live without but it's gotta be here now I won't be pulled away it's just you and I So let the world around us fade As I pray And God, I need you more Than words can say Right here in this moment You know every part of me So even if it's just a speech I'm gonna pray I'm gonna pray Father I'm in a desperate place Father I know you can bear the weight Father Take me in your arms as I speak your name. I lift my hands and pray. I lift my hands and pray. You know my heart, you know my need, every single part of me. So even if it's just your name I'm gonna pray I'm gonna pray 
Amen. Chris has done a great job this morning of helping us to focus our attention on the need to prayer, to pray. Now, prayer should be more. Prayer should be more than a transition in a worship service. Sometimes in planning a service, we'll even tell people, you know, when we pray, get in place, or when they pray, move off the platform. It's like a curtain is drawn, and that's when things happen up here. And that's not necessarily wrong. It's not that we shouldn't do that. It's just that prayer should be more. Prayer should be more than a way to get a group to quiet down. You know how that goes. You've got a group in your house, or maybe you've got a group here at church, a Sunday school group, and everybody's kind of got that holy buzz going on, and the conversation's going on, and then someone says, let us pray, and everybody gets quiet. It's not that we shouldn't do that. It's fine to do that, but prayer should be more than that. Prayer should be more than an organ recital. You know how most prayer meetings go, right? We pray for this ailment and this illness and this surgery and this thing that's going wrong and this thing that's going wrong. And we focus on the physical body and, and that there, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we all need the prayers for physical healing, but there's so much more that we should pray about. Spiritual healing, emotional healing, psychological healing. What about even in a prayer group saying, you know what, pray for my neighbor, he lost his job. We need to pray for my granddaughter. She doesn't know Jesus as her Savior. Or even, let's just spend some time praising God for what he's doing in our church. It's not that we shouldn't just focus on our organs and our physical needs, but prayer should be more than that. Prayer should be more than a thank you tossed up before a meal. It should be more than a help me through the day mentioned in the morning. It should be more than a I'm praying for you, spoken to a friend without a second thought of actually praying or a praying hand emoji sent without any thought of really praying. All of those things can be good. They can be encouraging, but prayer should be more. And prayer should be more because prayer matters. Prayer is important. Do you agree with that? Prayer is important. Without prayer, we can miss out on things that God wants to do. Some months ago on Wednesday nights, uh, the group that I lead did a study uh, by Steve Gaines called Pray Like It Matters. And Steve Gaines is pastor of Bellevue Baptist in Memphis, where Adrian Rogers was pastor for years. And Steve is the current president of our Southern Baptist Convention. And Steve says several things about prayer that are kind of interesting, gets our, our thoughts going. He says, you know, some things God will do all by himself, whether we pray or not. You know, none of us had to get up this morning while it was still dark at 4.30 and go outside and say, Oh God, we pray that the sun will rise today. God was going to do that whether we prayed or not because Colossians tells us that he holds all things together. But Steve also reminds us there some things will not happen no matter how hard we pray. Because God is a loving, knowledge, knowledgeable Heavenly Father who knows that His children sometimes need a no. When I was a, in high school, my pastor at the time liked to write little worship songs and he had this one called, Oh Lord, I Want to Be Holy. It was a really good song. I learned how to play it. It's pretty simple chords. And um, as a high school student, I, I changed that worship song to be, Oh Lord, I Want a Girlfriend. And instead of singing, oh, Lord, I want to be holy, I sang, oh, Lord, I want a girlfriend. I sang and prayed that for years until, and God said, no, 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 until finally Rebecca came into my life and he said, yes. And I said, yes. <laughs> but some things will not happen no matter how hard, how hard we pray. Sometimes the best answer is no from God. But the third thing is the one that's really important that reminds us of that prayer matters is some things will happen only if we pray. Some things will happen only if we pray. That was true for Hannah wanting a baby. It was true for David needing protection from his enemies. It was true for Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. It was true for the early church wanting to advance the gospel. It's true for you and me today. Some things will happen only if we pray. Prayer matters. 
The last two days, uh, a group of us attended the SEND North America Conference in Dallas, and we left at 5.30 a.m. on Friday, and we got back at 11.45 last night. So if any of us doze off, just bear with us. But at that conference, we heard a lot of engaging uh, messages in our large sessions, and then we got to go to some breakout sessions that were really quite helpful dealing with missions and, and the church being on mission for God, and we got a lot of great ideas and things that we hope to implement here. But uh, yesterday, I attended a session that dealt on prayer, and it was led by one of our Southern Baptist uh, church planners out of Atlanta, Georgia. And in challenging us to pray, this pastor said, you know what? Teaching on prayer makes you feel like a hypocrite. He's about to teach us on prayer, and he says, you know, and it makes you feel like a hypocrite. And as he said that, I thought, you know, I'm preaching on prayer tomorrow, and, and it, that's true. Because when you preach on prayer, you always realize you could do more in prayer. You know, I try to be faithful in prayer and pray for our family and our church and, and friends and things that are going on. And one of my closest friends even said one day, well, I consider you a prayer warrior, which humbled me because I think, you know, I could do way better. And so this message is not just for you, it's for me as well, because we can always do more in prayer. I'm constantly reminded of a, a question Steve Gaines asked when he gave those three things. He says, you know, what are you leaving on the table? What are you leaving on the table that God wants to do if you prayed? Is, is there going to be a time when we go to heaven and, and God's going to say, you know what, come here a second. I want to show you something. Here, here's the things that I did because you prayed. Come over here. Here's the things that I would have done if you had prayed. What are we leaving on the table? James 4, 2 reminds us that you do not have because you do not ask God. Prayer matters. Now, you may be thinking, now, Stuart, I am not a prayer warrior. And, and you and I could both take some time and I could mention people in our church that I would consider to be real. I mean, they're the people I'm going to call if I need somebody to pray. I've got some friends in other places. I'm going to call. I mean, you say, those are prayer words. You say, Stuart, I am not that. But listen to this statement. Prayer is not the specialty of a few. It's the calling of us all. Prayer is not the specialty of a few. It's the calling of us all. No matter your age, no matter your gender, no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how much you know about the Bible, you are called to pray because prayer matters. And you too can be a prayer warrior just by doing what you're called to do as a believer. So today as we wrap up our series on Ephesians, we're coming now to the very end of Ephesians and we're looking at this challenge that Paul gives us at the end to pray. We're in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 18 through 20 and I remind you that, that this passage comes right at the end of the talk about spiritual warfare and the armor of God and it just flows right from that into prayer reminding us that prayer gives us power for victory against evil forces. We can have all of the armor of the Lord on us and still be defeated if we're not upheld and surrounded by prayer. And so let's encounter the text together in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 and following. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And we're going to draw five principles about prayer from these two verse, for three verses. And the first is that prayer should be influenced by the Holy Spirit. He starts out saying, pray in the Spirit. What, is, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Does it mean we go into some kind of trance? Does it mean that we speak in some unknown language or we speak in tongues or a, a prayer language? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? It means this. It means that we pray with the Spirit as our ally. 
right there beside us, guiding us along. That's what Paul teaches in Romans 8, 26 and 27. Look at this. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Any who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. What does Paul indicate there? Well, one thing is that the Spirit influences our prayers by helping us know how to pray. When he's there with us and we're praying in the Spirit, he's helping us to know how to pray. Take an example of a, of a husband and wife. They're having marital problems and the, the husband knows, I need to pray for my marriage. And so he goes to the Lord and he says, God, I know I'm having trouble and we're having trouble, but, but I don't really know what to pray for. And, and soon thoughts start coming to his mind of directions. He says, well, pray for, pray for your communication or pray for the way that you're showing your wife love or pray for the way that you can encourage her or pray for, and all of these things are coming. He's like, I've never thought about these kind of things before. The Spirit's guiding in the direction of prayer. The Spirit influences our prayer by helping us know how to pray. But Paul also says in that Romans 8 passage that the Spirit can even take over when we don't know how to pray. I mean, have you ever been there where you're just so torn up by an issue that you need to pray about? But you don't have the words. Maybe you don't have the energy. Maybe you just don't have anything left. And you go to the Lord and, pray, and you say, you just got to take over. I'm, I'm, I'm here. And Spirit, just take over. And he does. And he provides comfort and direction in that time. So the Spirit helps us to know what to pray. And sometimes he takes over when we pray. That's praying in the Spirit. Prayer should be influenced by the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we pray in the Spirit, we pray in the power of the Spirit that moves the heart of God. Ronnie Floyd has said many times that God can do more in a moment than we could do in a lifetime. And when we pray in the Spirit, influenced by the Spirit, we're tapping into the power of God that can do more in a moment than we could do in a lifetime. And we can stop the worrying things forward or we can stop trying to make things happen. And we ask God to do it in the moment and He's free to work. Praying influenced by the Spirit. But Paul also teaches us that prayer should be constant. He says we should pray on all occasions. Now, what's that about? What's, what's all occasions? Well, all occasions. Not just when you're having a problem, but when you have a reason to praise. Not just when you're confused, but also when you're confident. Pray on all occasions. But all occasions also speaks to all times and places, not just at the blessing of a meal, not just in a quiet time, not just at church, not just before bed. Pray in those places, yes, but also pray on all occasions, everywhere. In that prayer session yesterday, the, the leader said this, little praying is worse than no praying. It was after lunch and I was admittedly about to fall asleep, kind of sitting on the floor in a packed room. But when he said that, I was like, what did he say? Did he say, really, a little bit of praying is worse than no praying? He said it again. Little praying is worse than no praying. I'm like, what in the world is he talking about? And he said this, at least when you don't pray, you're being honest. When you don't pray, you're admitting you're trying to do things on your own. You don't need God. But when you do just a little bit of praying, you're acting like you're dependent on God, but you're really not. He says most of us pray just enough to help us feel better about ourselves. Lord, thank you for this meal. We appreciate it. But none of us has, has ever really had to depend on God to provide that meal. We pray just enough to ease our consciences and not much more. Let 9-11 let happen and we pray for a week and that's it. 
Let a presidential election be coming where we think, oh gosh, what's going to happen? We pray for a day, maybe a week, and then the country doesn't fall apart and we move on with life. Let a crisis happen in our lives and, and maybe we'll pray through that whole season, but then when we survive or we're fine or we're healed or whatever, we, we go back to normal. It's, it's good. We're fine. We stop praying. And little praying is worse than no praying because prayer should be constant. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Paul says, pray continually. It's the same idea. Pray constantly. Pray continually. Now, neither what Paul says in Thessalonians or Ephesians means that we should go around muttering prayers all the time. We shouldn't just be walking around. That doesn't make you a prayer warrior. That just makes you a lunatic. But prayer is something that should be constant on all occasions. It doesn't mean you walk around talking to yourself or talking to God, but it does mean that you pray all the time. There's always constant communication with God. The, the texts are going, the phone calls being made. You're just able to communicate at all times. But praying continually and constantly also doesn't mean you pray long prayers. There's actually a scripture for that. Matthew 6, 7 and 8 says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard by their many words. Long prayers don't impress God. And if you're praying in public, they actually aggravate everybody around you. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, The force of our prayer should be measured by its strength, not its length. The force of our prayer should be measured by its strength, not its length. So pray constantly. Pray on all occasions. Prayer should be the default setting of our lives. And here's kind of what I mean by that. Everybody take a breath in. Now breathe it out. Now you thought about breathing right then because I told you to. But for... The last 39 minutes of this service, you hadn't thought a second about breathing. Last night, you went to bed and you slept and you didn't think about breathing. Except those of you with CPAP machines, because you know you need that help. Maybe you thought about it. But you don't think about breathing. It's normal. It's, it's the default setting of our life. And without it, we die. So think about prayer like that. It should be the breath of our life, the default setting of our life. And without it, we die. Prayer should be constant. There's a good reason for this constancy in prayer, and that's because the spiritual war is always raging. We're constantly subject to temptations and attacks of the enemy, and the enemy likes surprise attacks, and so prayer keeps a hedge of protection around us. It keeps our defenses up when we pray again about that same temptation, that same uh, thing that comes against us. It reminds us, armor up, Trust the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And so that we can then deal with those attacks of the enemy. Prayer should be constant. But prayer should also be intense. Paul uses two words here. He says, pray with all kinds of prayers and request. The word prayer there in the original language is a more general kind of term. It, it includes kind of the whole act of worship even. Request is the more narrower term referring to like petitionary prayer. Things like we're used to asking God for something, asking God to move in a certain way. Well, Paul's use of both words of kind of a general generic term and then more specific term is not to set up categories and to create a sharp distinction as much as it is to say, look, prayer should be intense. All of this together should be focused on the Lord. And this is consistent with the teaching of Paul as well. If we look in Philippians 4, 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present, present your requests to God. Same kind of stacking of different types of prayers. 1 Timothy 2, 1, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for everyone. Pray all of this. Pray intensely. So why do we hold back? Why aren't we as intense in prayer as we should be? Well, I think there are two reasons for it. The first is we're afraid to pray for things we think will never happen. 
We're afraid to pray for things we think will never happen. And the second is, we know that God has said no before. So let me encourage you, if, if, if those two things are holding you back, let me encourage you a little bit. One, we're scared to pray the things that we think will never happen. Let me remind you that in Ephesians 3.20, Paul says he's praying for God to do exceedingly beyond what he could ask or imagine. That's basically praying for things you think could never happen, but you have faith that they could. If it's God's will, he'll see it through. So don't be afraid to pray for things you think will never happen. And second, yeah, God said no before, but don't be discouraged by that. Don't be discouraged by the no's that God has given in, his, in your prayer life. I mentioned facetiously about praying for a girlfriend. Let me tell you something. There's some girls that I like that I'm glad God said no to. Rebecca's got her nose twitched up. She's like, yeah. Here's something Tim Keller says. He says, you know what? Don't be disappointed with the no because if you had all the information God has, you'd give the same answer. But we don't have all the information, right? But God does. And so don't let the no's discourage you. The no is the best answer. You just got to trust God on that. Praying constantly and intensely through all kinds of prayers and requests puts a picture in our mind of a person who is standing strong in that spiritual battle. And it actually links us back to verses 13 and 14 of chapter 6. Right as Paul's going into talking about the armor of God, he says, Put on the armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. And then he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And he goes through the whole armor of God. When you pray like that, you become a prayer warrior. When you're standing in the gap in prayer, when you're praying constantly, intensely, you're taking your stand against the enemy and he'll be put to fight, to flight. So pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And then now look at verse 18. At the very end, he says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Not only should prayer be influenced by the Spirit and constant and intense, but it should also be persistent. Always being alert. Always keep on praying. Alert means you're awake and you're keeping watch. Keep on praying means you persevere in prayer. You don't grow weary. You don't give up. Basically, Paul is saying, watch and pray. And that kind of challenge is given throughout Scripture but it's probably most memorably given by Jesus Christ himself. On at least two occasions, Jesus tells his followers to watch and pray. One is in Luke 21, where Jesus is ministering in Jerusalem. Uh, it's nearing the end of his ministry. Tensions are mounting, they're growing strong. And so Jesus tells his followers this in Luke 21, 36. Be always on the watch. Always on the watch. And pray that you will be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So Jesus says, watch. He says, be alert. He says, pray. And why are they to watch and pray? So they'll be able to stand. Then in the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night Jesus was arrested, Jesus, again, you know the story. He gets there to the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he gets the disciples to stay and he says, look, pray and keep watch. I'm going to go up over a little ways and pray. And he goes off and prays and he prays a while and he comes back. And what are the disciples doing? They're, they've fallen asleep. It's late at night. They're tired. And Jesus says this to them in Mark 14, 38. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit's willing, but the body is Weak. So notice again, Jesus says, watch and pray. Why? So you will not fall. So basically, so you will stand. Watch and pray so you can stand. This need for persistence in prayer reminds us that this is a spiritual battle. 
In the Garden of Gethsemane, the disciples were weary. The physical was overcoming the spiritual. And, and, and that's always the temptation. Especially when we're wanting to try to pray. Think about how we'll say, I'm, I'm just too busy to pray. I can't stop and have a quiet time today. I can't, I, I'm too busy to stop and, and pray about this. A decision needs to be made now. Or I'm just too tired to pray. Or I, I'd pray a lot more, but my kids just interrupt me all the time. Persistence in prayer, being alert, keeping watch helps us to stand against the physical and stand in the strength of the spiritual. Persistence in prayer helps you keep your eyes on Jesus and that's the only way you can make it in life. Remember, Peter walked on water when he had his eyes on Jesus. It was when he took his eyes off Jesus that he began to sink. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Prayer has got to be continually persistent and strong in our lives. So where are your eyes? Are they on Jesus? Or are they on everything but Jesus? Or is like part of your eye on Jesus and everything else? Train your eyes on Jesus. It's easy to get distracted, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff comes at us in life. We're challenged at every turn, but that's all the more reason to keep watch and pray. Prayer must be persistent. But he also says prayer must be unlimited. From the end of verse 18, where he says, keep on praying for all the saints, he then goes into, in verses 19 and 20, asking for prayer for himself. There's a praying that's unlimited, that goes beyond. Any of you ever prayed with a preschooler or a preschool class, even better? Let's all pray. And the first one starts. Pray for my mama, my daddy, the trees, the birds, my dog, my dog that's in heaven, my goldfish that died yesterday. He was a good goldfish, but uh, I'll get another one maybe, mama says. But it went down the toilet, and so we just pray for that fish. And then, and then the teacher's like, okay, sweetie, that's good. And then the next one starts, and they got to pray for all those same things plus new things they've started. And they, they kind of pray around the world, but their prayer's unlimited. And we could be reminded of that. Now, Paul does give some instruction on prayer. He doesn't just, you know, just go all the way around the world, but he does say you need to be unlimited. And he gives us some points that we should pray about. He says, you need to first pray for God's people. Pray for all the saints. Pray for all the saints. Now, he's not talking about St. Francis and St. Christopher and all those saints that are named by the Catholic Church. I mean, we're Baptists. None of us can probably name more than about three or four. Um, now, I will admit that your pastor won the second place Name the Saints contest in Cabrini uh, School when I was in Catholic school as a little Baptist kid. Me and a, a little girl who's probably a Catholic nun now whooped up on some other Catholic kids and uh, won the Name the Saints contest, but I can't name any of them today. But I can name a bunch of saints, John and Martha and... Wes and Kimberly and Thomas and Adrian and even Philip Calvin, I can name him as a, a saint because you know what? If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a saint. And so he says we are to pray for all the saints, the church of Jesus Christ. Now, why should we pray for all the saints? Because the saints are in that spiritual battle. We're in that battle every single day and we all need that prayer. We need prayer to stay strong, to keep the faith, to, to not worry, to grow spiritually, to be healthy. And all of those, he goes on and on, all kinds of prayers and requests. But as you pray those prayers and requests for all the saints, just remember God's not a genie. He's not around to grant your request. But I am glad he doesn't limit us to three prayers. So pray. And we can't just pray for ourselves. We pray for all the saints, all God's people. Because remember, we're in a family of God. 
Think about the Lord's Prayer. How does it go? Is it, my Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give me this day my daily bread. Forgive me my trip. No. Every single pronoun is plural. Our Father who art in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Us, our, we're part of the family of God. Everywhere else in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking to the people and he says, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If you, if your, but in the prayer, the model prayer, he says, it's our Father because we are in this thing together. We're all part of the family of God. We've got to lift up the family in prayer. We must pray for God's people. Second, Paul says we need to pray for God's leaders. In verse 19, he says, pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. You got to pray for God's leaders. We were talking about this passage this week and Rebecca said, um, she said, that's the passage about um, pray that whenever I open my mouth, words be given to me, speak fearlessly. And I said, yeah. She said, I pray that for you every Sunday morning. It's what you need. You got to pray for God's leaders. That when I preach, I'll have the word God wants me to say. God's leaders need prayer, whether they're pastors or ministry leaders or parachurch leaders or missionaries or lay leaders or whatever they are. God's leaders need prayer. Anyone in spiritual leadership knows the value of prayer. Spiritual attacks come in many forms. And prayer pushes back the attacks. Leading a church is a weighty burden. Leading a ministry is a weighty burden. Reaching people on, on the mission field is a weighty burden, but prayer gets under and helps support that burden. Preaching takes a lot out of you physically and, and emotionally and prayer support puts it back. God's leaders need prayer. So we pray for God's people, all the saints. We pray for God's leaders, but we don't just keep it in the church. We've got to pray for everybody out there. And so the next thing Paul talks about praying for is praying for the advance of the gospel. Praying for the advance of the gospel. Paul says he wants the gospel to be fearlessly made known. The world is hostile to the gospel and we need to pray that it may go forth with power, penetrating darkness, pushing it Back, And we need to pray that it will be proclaimed clearly so that people can understand it and accept it. You know, it's easy in our prayers to get focused just on ourselves. And Paul isn't discouraging us to, to pray for our own needs, but he is encouraging us to not be limited in our praying. Be unlimited. Because prayer matters. Prayer is what makes... Steve Gaines says, for a growing church, a holy church, a tithing church, a worshiping church. That got me thinking and I wrote, prayer is what makes for a productive life, a righteous life, a difference-making life. Prayer is what fuels the gospel. Prayer is what helps us to take our stand against the enemy. Prayer matters. But the question is, do you really believe it? Yesterday, as the SEND conference was closing out, uh, Vance Pittman uh, preached the closing message, and he's a church planner in Las Vegas. He's really not a church planner anymore. He's been there like 17, 18 years and has like 3,000 people attending. They're planting churches all over. Fascinating message. But in the message, kind of in just a, a passing comment, he said this, there is no passion to see God move in our lives and in our churches. He's kind of looking at the church and saying, you know, there, there's no passion to see God move in our lives and, or in our churches. And I, I think that's true because if it, were, if it were not true, we'd be praying Ephesians 3.20 kind of prayers. We'd be praying for God to do exceedingly beyond what we could ask or imagine. We'd be asking God for the things we think can't, can't, won't happen. If it were not true, prayer would be more to us. If it were not true, revival would break out. But the fact is, in most churches, it is true. There's no passion to see God move in our lives or in our churches. 
So I challenge you and I challenge us as First Baptist this. Let's prove it wrong as far as it depends on us. Let's prove it wrong in, in my life and in your life and in the life of our church. Let's say there is passion to see God move in our lives and in our church. We got a good start on it. During the 2015-16 school year, a couple of children from our church started a prayer ministry at J.I. Barron Elementary here in Pineville. Uh, started with Carly Stancil, who has moved to begin the work after watching the movie War Room. And if you've ever seen that, you can understand why. It makes you want to pray. And so she, she wanted to have a place to pray like the lady in War Room had. And so she's got a, 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 like a chalkboard thing in her room where she has all her prayer needs listed. And she prays those every day. But she also felt the challenge to help others pray and to pray at her school. And so Carly and, and some friends, Kelly Lomans, the other one from our church, got together and they approached their principal and they said, we want to do this. And so they developed a plan of when they could start this Pray Like It Matters group. And, and they started praying, or prayer makes a difference. And, and they were praying and uh, they got started. And, and in just a few weeks, the group grew so big that the administration says, we, we're happy that you're having this, but you can't all meet at one time. We don't have a place big enough. And so they broke them up by grades over several days during the week. And that went all the way through last school year and summer happened and it started back up again this school year. Well, uh, Carly and Kelly were fifth graders when they started it. They're sixth graders this year. And so they were, they're going on to Pineville Junior High next year. And so I asked them a couple of weeks ago, I said, y'all got somebody to, to take over this thing? And they said, yeah, we, we elected new leaders. And I asked Carly this morning, I said, so, so what kind of leaders do you have? She said, we got fifth and sixth graders. I said, good. So sixth graders can lead and fifth grade can step up again. Perpetual prayer that can happen. I share that story not just because I'm super proud of those girls who are fifth graders, now sixth graders being so faithful to pray, but it's also a reminder to all of us, us teenagers and college students and adults, to pray and to really believe it. I'm, when, I, when we first shared that testimony a couple of years ago and Carly came on the stage in the sanctuary and shared what they were doing and we prayed for them, that afternoon, uh, Jamie Gilliland of our church, he loves to make memes and he took a meme that kind of looked like the uh, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader uh, television show and he put on it, Are You More Faithful? Are You As Faithful As a Fifth Grader? It's kind of convicting. 41-year-old pastor, are you as faithful to pray as a fifth grader? Mom and dad, are you? I mean, how many of y'all have started a prayer ministry at your work <laughs> or at your school? So the, the challenge is this morning to really believe it, to believe that, that prayer matters and and to prove the statement wrong that there's no passion to see God move in our lives or in our churches and to show that there is prayer. And so the challenge is simply to pray. Wherever you are today, make a step forward and pray a little more. A little more constantly. If you don't have a quiet time, start there every day spending time with God in his word and in prayer. If you have that, praying during the day you do that at some point in time, try to develop that ongoing conversation with the Lord. Just all day where the Lord's always there. Warren Wiersbe says we should never begin our prayers, Lord, we come into your presence because we should have never left. And so let's be in God's presence and let's pray like it matters because it does matter. So let's pray together. Lord, we seek your face this morning and we know, God, that you're with us. We know, Lord, that you've spoken to us. And so, Lord, we pray that we will seek your face. Lord, they may, there may be those in this room who've yet to trust you as their Lord and Savior. And, and God, they, they need your salvation this morning. And so, God, I pray that you'll speak to their hearts and help them to trust you. To come forward and to let me know of, of their need and so somebody can talk to them about their need for you. There may be others that, that are wanting to connect with our church family and I pray, Lord, that you would move them to make that 
decision so that we might unite and link arms in prayer and in battle spiritually together. But Lord, there's some of us in this room that, that we just need you to help us to pray. We need the Holy Spirit as our ally to come beside us and to get us through and to move us forward and to help us grow and help us be more passionate about you. And so God, we pray that you would do that in this time. Lord, we lift our hands in prayer and we lift our hands in worship, receiving from you and giving back to you. And that's all we know to do as you feel and you fulfill your plan. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.